Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Legislative Voice. Today is Saturday, December 3rd, 2022. December is AIDS Awareness and National Human Rights Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have another familiar voice in the line, Ms. Stephanie Collada. She's a U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class, the veteran and founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. And we're going to talk about an article that came up in the Chicago Crusader in a section called Voices. And it was called, Why is this Georgia Senate runoff election still matters? To achieve restitution for black World War II veterans. It's in the Saturday, November 26th edition of the Chicago Crusader. What do you have to say about that, Stephanie? You wrote this article. You have a lot of things that I think are is important and things that people, um, it's kind of a touchy and uh, hot button. Um, what's going on? Well, um, what, one of the reasons why this bill is so important for Black World War II veterans is because the person that has introduced this bill and has been championing for it is currently going on in a runoff election for Georgia, Senator um, Raphael Warnock. And he has been working on this bill to try to get this passed to get restitution for all of these Black World War II veterans and their families. Hmm. So that is this is something that has been... Um talked about a lot, not just in yes. the veteran community, but also and through American history, the idea of restitution and the idea of and people not realizing that a lot of um, the benefits and programs that the United States have in- implemented um, um, have excluded African-Americans. And that's throughout history. Yes. And the GI Bill and um, a lot of the benefits and education benefits and the housing benefits of, mm-hmm. of for veterans has also been um, exclusionary, um, which is not good. And we have no. um, an actual is actually a term for it. You know, benefits obstructions, what we call it in the real world. So mm-hmm. you know, so what? So what? What is important as far as majority Senate? The Senate majority is already um, going Democratic. And in the article you wrote that it seems like Republicans are against this, Democrats are for this. Democrats have the majority in the Senate. However, the Republicans have the majority in the House. Um, yes. Where does how does this play out as far as the likelihood of something being done? Well, for uh, while the Senate and while we the Democrats have the majority in the Senate, although by a hair, for majority of congressional bills like this one, it requires um, sixty votes instead of fifty one. So. Um, if we would get uh, Senator Raphael Warnock to win this uh, runoff election, we would have 51 likely votes for this bill. Um, it is true. Democrats are more likely to to be in favor in this. I haven't seen very many Republicans um, sign on as co-sponsors or um, thrown any, champ- any um, really emphasis that way. So it's kind of a, a hot issue there. So, Senator Warnock has already started a lot of work to try to get all of the negotiations and things approved so everybody's happy to vote for this bill. It basically would have to start over if he is not uh, elected 
in this runoff election and has to go practically all uh, start over again with and who else that are still in the Senate. So it would be a big setback for um, black World War II veterans and their families. So what's actually in the bill? What, what does the bill actually say? So the bill would actually say for current uh, Montgomery GI Bill benefits and for the home loans, that would actually add an eligibility for black World War II veterans and their descendants. So that's a big new one now because we have so few black World War II veterans or even World War II veterans in general. I think we're at 100,000 uh, now when there were millions of them. And so it's kind of scary. So they're counting um, kids, uh, grandkids, and they are, are also looking into a, any other direct descendants included on that. So that would actually help out many black families um, across the nation because there is a difference in, you know, how uh, there's a pay difference. There is really a wealth difference between any of the other demographics. And it would actually help out this economy to then have more people in school, have more educated workforce. It would actually cause a lot of really good things to help with the pending recession that we are supposed to be having, um, although that is highly contested, but it would actually help boost this economy. I think that's really important you mentioned because it's really it's not just something that's helping out when you just when you do things that are unfair and things that are discriminatory and at a government level in your society and your in your culture. Um, we're talking mm-hmm. about the American society. We're talking about the American culture. We're talking about the American American history. It actually hurts America overall. Yes. So yes, it does. You bring that. We bring a make up good point with that. Yes, because um, from World War II, when the veterans came back, they still couldn't afford very much because of they had issues trying to get jobs. Jim Crow was in its height. There was a lot of things that were going on that was also discriminatory because they were black. And uh, so it's one of those things that it would have given a lot of step up in that way. So then there would be more wealth for the descendants down the road and their uh, descendants would be in a much better place. These guys serve the country. They risk their lives and then they don't get these benefits. And it also hurts all of their descendants down the road. And then so it's this horrible cycle of um, trying to think of a good, bad word for it, or, you know, good word for the situation. But it's a horrible cycle that they go through because they can't afford certain things. There were also veterans. So then they were also more likely to be denied their VA disability in general with the combat fatigue and all of this that is systemicness that keeps passing on generation by generation. This will help help uh, many people out with this. Mm-hmm. And the thing I think people also have to realize as well is that we look at American history, which we oftentimes like to sweep under the carpet. There is there is a there is a tendency for groups of and a certain interests in the country to try to sanitize and also sweep under the carpet some of the inequities of the, the country. But the thing is, in order to heal and to become a stronger nation, you got to own up to that's what we taught in the military. Own up to and take responsibility for the things that you do, uh, good and bad. Um, you can't get yes. better unless you admit that you did that you screwed up, you know. Then you got it yeah. wrong. And we all make mistakes. We all do dumb things. And at the local level, individually, at that society levels, we do dumb things all the time. 
um, when we rolled out all these different types of programs, the GI Bill, the Homestead Act, you had, and you look at, you know, the just the fact that after uh, Reconstruction, you had a lot of African Americans getting into politics and building thriving, vibrant, strong, uh, economically strong communities. Mm-hmm. Not just in St. Louis, not just in, in Missouri, which was which was in the you know in pop culture, you know, with the movies and documentaries coming about that, but all over the country. Here in Chicago, Bronzeville is a perfect example yes. of that. Same thing happened here in Chicago. Same thing happened across the country. Race riots, people burning down towns because they weren't willing to relinquish or share the power to someone who they thought was different or who what they used to subjugate. So the person yeah. who used to subjugate now is at the seat at the has a seat at the table making decisions that for their own future and their own destiny and also for the country as a whole and there was there was reprisal for that. There was there were repercussions for that. There were there were people that that without any protection African American communities that were vibrant, wealthy and powerful were burned to the ground. Thousands of people were killed. Children and women were murdered with yes. gun violence, burned in their own homes. Mm-hmm. This is real history, okay? People did, yes. We weren't allowed to, to participate in the Homestead Act to, for, in large numbers. Sure, a few of us got through, but it wasn't rolled out to the entire community. So you were uplifting and putting in social programs for the mainstream white community, but mm-hmm. trying your damnedest to to uh, to exclude black American citizens who paid their dues over and over and over again, went over who yeah. broke their neck to join the military, to fight overseas in a time when there were was Jim Crow, when there was racial discrimination. You can't even get a burger at a at a at a cafeteria or restaurant that that says white only, but you can go overseas and nearly die for your country. Yeah. Not even given a full respect to be a regular soldier, have to serve in, uh, in segregated uh, 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 regiments, Unit. segregated units, yeah. and things like that. And then all of a sudden, you come, you 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 see the POWs, uh, some of the Nazis and the Germans that you're fighting against, getting treated better than you. Yep. Yeah. Generational trauma. That was the word I was looking for. Excuse <laughs> Sorry. The vicious cycle of generational trauma that happens. Um, that just keeps going and keeps flowing. This is a way to try to correct that. And another thing that could actually help, um, many of us veterans laughed at the um, oh, the confusion that w- the Army Secretary, she was confused on why we had such an issue with recruiting and retention. Of course, you know, us veterans would kind of giggle at that because, you know what, really? Because we, <laughs> we we've been telling you. Right. <laughs> and. Um, this could actually cause one of those things to unintentionally help with recruiting and retention, because course, if yeah. if they are if they are finally treating these veterans and their families right, there is more likely that these people and these families will then sign up. Mm-hmm. It is a high tide low. It's a, it's a very low amount of people now that are signing up that came from military families. That has dropped dramatically in the past couple of decades, and this could be something that could reverse that unintentionally for, you know, actually good purposes. And also, hey, it would educate them before they even go in the military. They can be officers. We need more black officers in the military. We need black commanders there because uh, Mormon minorities in those high positions could actually help and benefit everybody for the all. I think that's, that's what Will said, I think. And 
and then, and, if, and also, which so this bill, from what I understand, if it's passed, will allow uh, the the descendants of World War II veterans, Black World War II veterans, to go to college or buy a house under the under the um, the home loan program, and then also yeah. to go to school under the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that I mean that is a, that is a I mean that is something that is due to that family. I mean, unfortunately. We can't go back in time and award all of those those uh, African American veterans who were denied their benefits. You know, this flat out told no, even though they were yeah. supposed to get it on paper, did everything they were supposed to do, but then denied, but then denied the benefit or dishonorably discharged intentionally after they've done their service so that they couldn't qualify for benefits. Yes, because um, black veterans are black. Service members from World War II had a higher amount of discharge. They were dishonorably discharged. 39% of all black service members between August November, August and November 1946, 39% were dishonorably discharged versus mm-hmm. white service members. That was at 21. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty scary when that stuff is going on. And uh, they, it's still today um, black service members are still getting harsher punishments. They are more likely to be pretrial confined. They are more likely to be uh, dishonorably discharged. And then there was a lawsuit recently um, that had been filed uh, because they are more likely to get denied their VA disability, even today. So if we could start with correcting our history Hopefully, we can correct the present in the future. And what do you think the likelihood is? So if Warnock does win, what do you think the likelihood of this passing is? Well, it will have to. I, I, I'm hoping that it's very, it's a very good. Uh, I have a very optimistic um, feeling about this one. I know it probably will not pass by the end of this congressional session, which would be the end of this month. So if he is reelected, the bill can be re, uh, reintroduced because all bills die at the end of this month. And um, trying not to sound like a um, the schoolhouse rock right now. <laughs> that uh, song. Only a bill on Capitol Hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we so it would be reintroduced. There's a lot of talks right now. They have not officially put out the actual budget or estimates that would be attached to these bills um there it's fairly high and but there is talks about separating um the two benefits having one just for the home loans and then one for the montgomery gi bill there is a likelihood that that one of them at least will pass um if they are separated but that is kind of scary because then the other one might not and so those are the type of things that are being discussed and uh, compromised going through all of the um, the committee and all of the different rigmarose uh, processes that happens in, in the House and the Senate. Um, so I, I'm very optimistic for the next two years, for the next congressional session. So what, why the pushback? What is the pushback? What's the arguments against it? I mean, we know that – I mean, to not not to be political because I'm apolitical when it comes to politics when it comes to like parties. So I, think I, tr- I try so hard Democrat. to be I try so hard to be neutral, but it is difficult at times. Um, but yes, it's cost. Um, but the cost. Yeah, but think about all the stuff we spend. See, that, when people say cost, that yeah. that 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 always to me is smoke screen for a, for a, 
for for not something that's that's not really the case because the fact is is that most of these programs don't cost that much money compared to what you spend money on. Yes. So we talk we need some about cost, but you'll waste money on some of the dumbest things that we don't even use. But right. you want to use the investors a fraction of that into something that actually could have a profound impact and improve the economy and actually save you money in the long term. Yeah. Yeah, they spent, uh, I mean, NASA spent millions of dollars trying to figure out how to use a pen in space. So, you know, no gravity pen while the Russians used a pencil. Right. So, <laughs> my favorite com- favorite comparison for it. Um, so those type of things do happen. And it's really frustrating. And the other frustrating part is that technically, they should, it's like this. these benefits should have already been paid out. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's doing the right thing. It's, it's owning up to right. what you did wrong. It's not like you're saying, even if you're against the idea of handouts, you're not giving mm-hmm. a handout. You're actually paying up a bill that you owe. Yes. Because someone already yes. did their part. And you, I mean, in a most egregious manner, in a most un-American, unpatriotic manner, in a most racist manner, you would deny mm-hmm. someone, someone puts their life in the line. To, and not even, even, that wasn't even a reason why they're going into this in the first place. They're doing it because they want to prove themselves as Americans. And as, a, and as the byproduct of that, they're supposed to get benefits. Well, they were also drafted. Mm-hmm. Many of them were also drafted. They didn't really have a choice in the matter. And it's not like that they could um, suddenly have uh, bone spurs. Right. So, <laughs> sorry. Right, yeah. um, but the, but the, the, the amazing part about it in black culture and black history, there was a there was a large, an unusually large number of, of Native American and African American people that joined the military, that volunteered, lined mm-hmm. up to volunteer. As because before. they had a better, they would have a better situation. But they thought some of them thought that. But from from my own family history and from looking at from reading the stories from World War II vets, um, many of them did it because they just wanted to prove that they were. Uh, they thought it was an opportunity to imp- to improve their situation at least on the in the eyes of perception, being able to be seen as capable as Americans and as uh, able to to enjoy and uh, worthy to enjoy all the freedoms and liberties that white their white counterparts could get. Because um, when, yeah. you, when you do, when you go overseas, you wear that uniform, and you're, and you can come back and say, "I'm a World War II veteran, and I have these medals, and I, and all these units of that serve with distinction." That the Tuskegee Airmen, for I mean, as one mm-hmm. of the many units that were that, I don't, I don't one of, not one of them, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, got uh, a, a a medal of honor. I don't think I don't think they have, and the the closest they've gotten, I believe, is a Congressional Gold Medal. Um, for the unit, but I need to check that one out. Um, it's frustrating that they approve so many awards and medals, but then they don't go back and rate the wrongs. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Right. I mean, you have I mean, there's legions of stories of African Americans mm-hmm. and the, and this the the stuff that will make superheroes look weak. Yeah. Like comic book superheroes look like, you know, like jokers or whatever. I mean, they would they I mean, they, they were doing some um, amazing things under the most unbelievable circumstances for what? Yeah. Yeah. For uh yes, I completely agree because all of that it's frustrating. Um there was actually a um there was actually a black veteran from I believe it was I from Operation Iraqi Freedom and Everything was approved, but then it sat in that current president administration, I think, for like 10 months and did not move. 
And it was so frustrating. And once it started catching the attention with the news and the media, um, it finally miraculously got approved and they had the ceremony. Um, It was also posthumously, so he had already passed. But it's one of those things that you kind of see systemically happening anywhere with generations. And this bill would actually try to right the wrongs and hopefully uh, right more wrongs in the process. I just see it as it's paying a bill that you owe. I mean, it's something that's not like, yes. I mean, it's not even, I mean, you're never going to be able to correct the fact that all the damage has been done, but you can ameliorate it to some extent. You cannot, but you, but the more important thing is you owe these people. Yes. Yes. And so here's some numbers for you. Cause I know, I, I know that this is really important for everybody to understand as well. So for people, for the black world War II veterans, when they were trying to get their VA home loans, they found that during 1947 in 13 Mississippi cities, only two of the 3,200 VA home loans for black veterans were approved. Only two. That's crazy. In the same, in the same year for New York and New Jersey, only 100 were approved out of 67,000 VA loans. So it wasn't just in the South. Uh, it was also in many other areas. So it's really scary. Um, Black World War II veterans, only about 6% earned a college degree compared to their white counterparts that had, that's 19%. So more than double. And it's pretty scary. Um, Majority of a lot of black veterans were in the South at the time, and they had trouble even just getting enrolled because they could only go to the historically black colleges back then. Um, many of the segregations were still in effect. So all of those colleges were overrun and overwhelmed by the demand, and they were not properly funded to expand and meet the need. So even if they were approved, they had a difficulty even trying to get in. Mm-hmm. So it would. Go ahead. Uh, so there was just so much more than just being denied. It was also not the support for any of the other benefits that they were trying to get. And you throw in the historical problems of redlining, you know, they already have discrimination and and, and, uh, and finance anyway through banks. You weren't really any really mainstream banks in black communities at that time. So no. you had to go to black banks um, and then that trickle down effect of that of those investments. So once again, you go look at what created the, the white middle class in America or a lot of these programs like the Homestead Act, like the GI Bill. These programs helped build the the highway system. You know, and when Eisenhower came back from World War II, became president of the United States, he created a highway system. He saw what they were doing in Germany, loved the Autobahn, and said, "Hey, let's do this in America. We, we need this for natural security." What did those What were those highways used for? They were used to segregate and also separate black communities from white communities as well to divide yeah. up the nation as a, as and a also, byproduct. And then, so and all also that displaced. Yeah, and, and just, also just. Dis- displaced many black uh, communities because Mm -hmm. they decided to go through those communities. There's um, a lot of that happening because I'm from St. I'm currently living in St. Pete and they're still trying to fight for restitutions on that because they, uh, they were not even compensated for the land that they got from them. Wow. Yes. So a lot of big things. Here's another number for you. Um, The reason why I brought up the wealth gap and uh, the pay for the current families between um, between the demographics. From the 2019 census, white households had an average wealth of 76,000. 
in comparison to black um, households, black households were at 46000 $30,000 gap. And it could be nailed all the way to the black veterans, World War II veterans that did not get this so they can get the degrees, earn more money, and help out their families and get a better life for their descendants. So billions of, of dollars that was that's missing out of the black community because of the exclusion yes. and benefits obstruction that took place after World War II, just after that one conflict. Yes. And it's so scary and it's so upsetting for this. So I want to let everybody know, if you are a descendant for a World War II veteran, or you know somebody that's a descendant of a World War II veteran, or you are, or you're a spouse of a World War II veteran, you can call up your congressman. You can call up Senator Warnock's office and let them know, hey, this bill would change my life and my family's lives. You write a letter, call them up any way you can because they want personal stories. They want to hear from people that this would be affected with. They will read out personal stories in the middle of the Senate when it comes up for a vote. They could read your story to make the change to get more people to vote for it. This is my last question. We have about two minutes left, about a minute and a half yeah. left roughly. So from, <laughs> from what I understand about you, I've known you for a couple of years now, it seems. And so you're a white woman. Yes. Okay. So how does a white woman write such an article for a black newspaper called Chicago uh, Crusader? Um, I am also a minority. I identify actually as gender fluid. I I am a pansexual and I am also uh, my grandfather was a Korean War veteran who was actually closeted gay and did not come out until I was about seven years old. Wow. Um, there's a lot of minorities and different things that I've, I feel like it bridges, and I hope it bridges, because I have seen different things happen, and I can only imagine what people of other minorities have gone through. And so this is, I try to put myself in those sh- their shoes because of the experiences that I've gone through, and thank you for asking that. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Stephanie. You always have great information, and I'm always impressed by the integrity and also the diligence and the thoroughness of your work. You do a lot of great journalistic work, and also you're a great advocate for veterans across the country, and you're doing so much to really bring awareness to everybody that's listening. Thank you. I love you. I love Glenda. Thank you so much, guys. Stephanie Collada, U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class and the founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.